Amen. How's everybody doing this morning? All right. Well, listen, so a uh, pastor is on vacation down at the beach getting some sun. All right. And uh, Clay had to go preach somewhere this morning. So I apologize for the poor planning because you got me this morning. All right. All right. But uh, I was, uh, I was passing on my mind the last couple months and everything. I guess sometimes, you know, you go through some things, maybe, you know, kind of deal with some stuff yourself, you know, and those things kind of just kind of take part, kind of root down in you, you know, and that's kind of how you feel. That's what kind of God's leading me at this morning. But before we get started, if everybody's got their cell phone, just go ahead and take it out for me. Go take your cell phone out. Just hold it up in the air. See that right there? doesn't matter what kind of cell phone you have. Don't be embarrassed, all right? All right, just hold them up. Is that it? Wow, I feel like there's so many more. All right? Yeah. So listen, if you got this, go ahead. Just go ahead. Let's keep them up there. Just go ahead. Just, just go ahead and slide that where it says off. <laughs> go ahead. Listen, everybody right now is immediately freaking out, right? They're like, but I use it for my Bible, right? You know, I can't I can't see if somebody's liking my Facebook, you know, status. You know? I won't, I won't be able to Snapchat during service and everything, right? I won't be able to do that on Twitter. Somebody, I probably think, just hashtag. Brian said, turn my phone off. Hashtag, yeah, right. Yeah? And that's what just happened. Yeah? But, uh, uh, it's okay. Listen, you guys might really turn your phones off, right? I was just joking. Um, but I was looking, um, and I, I got on the old interweb there. And uh, it said that uh, the average person spends four hours a day on their phone. Four hours a day. You know? That's, that's crazy. You know, then I looked up and everything. I said, well, how many people read their Bible? You know, and everything. It says that only 20% of believers actually read their Bible. I was like, whoa. I was like, so what? four hours a day we're spending on our phone, but yet only 20% of the people in this room right now actually read their Bible. I was like, man, we are distracted, you know? Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge football fan, all right? Go Bucks, all right? O-H-I-O, all right? I know Wes, he's probably a little upset right now. The Dolphins are actually playing right now, overseas playing. So he's here. He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to watch the game. I got it on record, all right? But I'm a big football fan, right? And uh, I was watching a football game the other day. You know, like I do every weekend during this time of year. Shauna loves it. She's right there with me. She's pumped when it's football season because, you know, I mean, we got we got football on Saturdays. We got it on Sundays. We got it on Monday nights. We got it on Thursday nights. I mean, it's just, I mean, like, ooh, the Lord is good during football season. You know? But, but I was sitting there watching the game, and, you know, and as I was watching it, you know, I was seeing as, as the opponent would come on to, like, the home field, all right, what they would do is they begin to get loud. Right, they'd be skin to scream, they'd take air horns, they'd have cowbells, you know, they'd be stomping and jumping on the bleachers, they'd be doing all types of things, just trying to distract the other team, all right? Trying to get where the, the quarterback could not call the play or be able to hear the play come in. Alright? They were trying to do everything possible, everything that they could do to try to distract the team so maybe they would go off sides or they would do the wrong play. That way they could have the advantage. All right? There's some stadiums, I mean, the decibel points that they know and how loud they get, they say it's like almost deafening. So that you can't hear anything in there. That people actually have to wear, wear earplugs. You know? But as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about how, how the enemy tries to do the exact same thing to us. 
Right, Satan tries to come in and he tries to distract us in everything that we do so that we cannot hear what God has called us to do and where we are supposed to be going. All right? He places things in our lives and everything to try to, to distract us. And, that, and that's where I'm at to this morning. All right? that's, that's how I've been feeling lately. You know, God's kind of placed this on my heart. All right? So uh, we're just going to go ahead and we're going to jump in all right, to the word in, in Luke chapter 10. All right, starting with verse 38, Luke 10, 38. And it says, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted by much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken from her. All right, so we start out here and we see that, that Martha, I right, welcomed him into her house. All right? I'm going to repeat that because it says, Martha welcomed him. Now, who is him? All right? It's Jesus, right? Into her house. And who is, whose house was it? It was Martha's. So, so Martha invited Jesus, and Jesus came in to Martha's house. All right? Now, Mary, all right? As all the disciples and everybody came in and all that stuff, you know, Mary, she was sitting at the feet of Jesus, all right? But now Martha, she is where every good woman should be. She was in the kitchen making sandwiches. Amen? No? Oh, sorry. Huh. Anyway, listen, I don't, I don't know if this is true or not. Brian Jackson told me this this morning. I don't know where he was at. But Brian Jackson told me this this morning. Like I said, I don't know if it's true or not, but, but he said, Brian, listen, he says, if, if a woman ever puts a knife to your throat, he says, just pull out two pieces of bread and your womanly instinct will kick in and it'll immediately make you a sandwich. He says, you'll be fine. I don't know if that's true or not, but listen, all women right now are like, this guy is Listen, I'm just being serious, all right? All right. Like I said, I just heard that. I don't know if it's true. All right? But anyway, there was, there was Mary. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus, all right? It says, it says that Martha all right, was in their service. She was, she, was, she was trying to prepare everything for everybody in there, all right? She, but she began to get overwhelmed, all right? The Bible says that Martha got distracted by much serving. She got so overwhelmed by trying to oppress her guests and be a good host as she, as she got so overwhelmed because she saw Mary just sitting in there doing absolutely nothing but sitting at Jesus' feet. Alright? So then she got angry. Alright? That she was the only one working. Alright? We've been there before, right? Yeah? There's a lot of us have been there before, right? We're out there, we're doing something, we're working hard, and we're sweating. I mean, you know, we're supposed to get this done, you know, and, and everybody's supposed to be more help, but you find that you're the only one doing it. You know, and you look around, and, and so-and-so, they're just over there like, hey, 
It's kind of talking and it's doing whatever. And you begin to get upset. You begin to get mad. And you're like, yeah, what are they doing? You know, we're supposed to be getting this done. You know, they say, we have all this work to do, but you're over there doing nothing and you're leaving me over here to do all this myself. And, you know, and that's where she's at. She got so angry that she was the only one working. You know, and this is what I believe happened. I believe Martha, you know, she probably does or did what, what every other woman does. All right? She committed to make like, like some little little hints that, you know what, hey, listen, I need some help. You know? Come on, guys, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know? I believe, I believe Martha, you know, she probably started just blowing hard while she was in the kitchen like... You know, when that didn't work, she started to clear her throat. <clears throat> ah, mm. You know, when that didn't work, you know, she's just like, okay, you know, I'm going to get their attention. I'm going to start banging these pots of pans around. So she's in there, she's banging the pots of pans around. Still, still nothing is happening, right? You know, and she, she's like, okay, okay. So then she goes in there, you know, listen, this ain't in the Bible, this is just me. But but she probably goes in there, she, she takes the water in there. She's like, you got the water, water, water. Then she gives Mary that death look that, you know, that all women have. She just looks over. <laughs> you know? Because she was upset. She's like, listen, I need some help. You know, she's trying to let Mary know, listen, I need some help because I'm overwhelmed. All right? There's all these people in the house, listen, and I'm overwhelmed. And all you're doing is sitting in here doing nothing. All right? And she, she began to get angry. All right, but look, this is what happens next, all right? She gets, she gets so upset that she has all this work that needs to be done, that she is having to do it all by herself, that she goes in to where everyone is at, all right, and just totally loses her mind. All right, she goes in there, you know, she's like, Jesus, don't you care that Mary has left me all alone to do all the work? Tell her to get up and come help me. Tell her to get up and come help me. You see, she was distracted by everything going on and she forgot what she was doing. And she just walks in the middle of the room where everybody's at. She just begins to freak out because her distractions have just overtaken her. Do you know what the word distraction means? I, I read this this week and it just like, it blew my mind. I was like, what? Distraction actually means to be pulled apart. You know, back in the back in the days, you know, like Europe, you know, uh, they uh, they used to torture people. You know, and we see it in all types of movies. You know, and I mean, they used to torture people like just God. It was awful. You know, but one one thing that they used to do is they would take four horses, all right. And what they would do is they would tie one of these horses to one of your limbs, like your arms and your legs, all right. And then whenever they said, you know, they, they said, okay, go ahead, all right, the horses would go in different directions until it would actually rip your limbs off of your body, all right? And they call that being distracted. You know what? And that's what a lot of us are in this room today. Listen, we're being pulled every which way. We're being distracted. We're being ripped apart. And that's where Mary and Martha was at. She felt like she was just being pulled in so many different directions that she was being ripped apart. And Martha found herself in the middle of the room Feeling like she's been pulled apart, yelling at Jesus. I mean, wow, can you imagine that scene? Can you imagine that moment 
as Martha walks into the room and just begins to just to yell and because she's so upset. Jesus, don't you care? I can see at that point, you know, Peter's probably like had the water and oh my God. She just yelled at Jesus. What is this woman thinking? You know, but that's what happens sometimes when we get so upset. We just lose it. We freak out. We're all just like Martha. We get overwhelmed by life and we don't intend to. We start out doing good, but things begin to pile and pile up on us. But instead of focusing on what we're supposed to be doing, we begin to look at the things that are overwhelming us and we get so distracted by them that we just lose it. We begin to freak out. Then we end up going off on somebody. You know, some of us have even done this in our ministries. But You see, Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. And then she began to serve. So see, Martha was in the middle of serving, in the middle of doing her ministry. But see, she got distracted. She got overwhelmed. See, she was part of the hospitality team. See, just like her, we get distracted by the things that we normally would look over. And we begin to get upset and dwell on them to the point that we end up blowing up and we lash out at people. So sometimes what happens is this, look, is that everything goes good, everything's going smooth, we're right in the middle of doing what God has called us to do, but you know what, we get distracted by life and then we come up and we get upset and little things that kind of, you know, we push it aside and it's like, oh, that's no big deal, that's no big deal. All of a sudden those little things start becoming big deals because we got so distracted and so overwhelmed that we look at somebody and we're like, ah! And we end up blasting out. We end up freaking out on them. And they're all like, oh. Come on, I'm not, I'm not the only one, right? I mean, we lose focus. But during the middle of this, Jesus looks at Martha and he says this. He says, Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha. You know, I can see Jesus is being all cool, calm, and collected. You know, just looking at him. He's like, oh, man. Martha, Martha. You are distracted. You are worried and upset over many things, but few things are needed. And indeed, only one. It says, Mary has chosen the better, and it will not be taken from her. You know, so Martha came in thinking, you know what? Mary, you're getting it. You are getting it. You're sitting in here on your lazy butt, not helping me do anything, right? And I'm going to go in here, and I'm telling Jesus all about it. I'm going to go in here, and I'm saying, listen, you know, tell this sorry person right here, this lazy sister of mine, to get up off her big rope and come help me. Because right, there's no reason she's even in here in the first place because she ain't even supposed to be in here. Alright? You know, she's not even allowed in here in this room supposed to be where you're at. She's supposed to be helping me, so tell her to get up and come help me. You are going to get it, Mary. Ha! As soon as I go in here, Jesus is going to jump all over you. And Jesus looks at her and says, Martha, Martha, listen, chill out. Says you are so upset. You're so bothered. By all these distractions that you forgot that I'm the one that you're doing it for. Yeah. 
And I'm the one that came into your house because you invited me. <coughs> we lose focus on who we're doing it for in the first place. You know, in the book of Esther, we read about a man named Haman. You know, Haman was in second command right behind the king. All right? Now, Haman, Haman went all over the place. And everywhere that he went, all the people would fall on their knees and worship him and honor him, except for one person, a person named Mordecai. All right? And what happened was, is that Haman's buddies came to him and they said, listen, Mordecai, all right, listen, he's not honoring you. He refuses to bow down to you. All right, so when, when Haman heard this and then he saw it with his own eyes, the Bible says that he was filled with wrath. And he sought out not only to kill Mordecai, but all the Jews. All right? You see, everything was going good for Haman. All right, listen, he worked his way up. The king loved him. The people respect him. Everywhere he went, people honored him. But it only took one person. It took one distraction to set him off course. All right? He, was, he became so obsessed by it, it took him over, and it was all that he could think about. It was all that he could think about. You know, Haman, Haman worked his way up to the top. And everywhere he went, people would bow down and they would honor him. And so there's Haman. But Mordecai stood over here and he says, I will not bow. And instead of Haman looking at everything else that was going good, all the other people that was actually bowing down and honoring him and doing the right thing, you know, and, and sitting there and all this stuff, all right? Instead of looking at everything else, Haman got here and he began to look over here at the one. He began to get distracted by the one. Alright? And he became obsessed by it and took him over. And that's all he could think about. And in the end, the one distraction is what ended up leading to his death. You see, things start out great, everything is going smooth, but somewhere in between where we started and where we're going, we get distracted by the one thing or another that comes in and it makes our lives come to a crashing halt. You know, we say stuff like, you know what, my job would be great if it wasn't for that one thing. You know what, my marriage, it would be great if it wasn't for that one thing. You know what, my relationship with my friends and my family would be great if it wasn't for that one thing. You know what? My, my relationship with God would be great if it wasn't for that one distraction. If it wasn't for that one thing. What is distracting you this morning? You know, there was a rich young ruler that came running up to Jesus. You know, he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him, he says, you know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not be fraud, honor your father and your mother. And he says, listen, I've done that since I was a youth. I got this. I'm good to go. And Jesus looks at him and he says, yeah. He says, but you lack one thing. He says, go and sell all of your possessions and give it to the poor. 
He says, and then you will have riches in heaven. But see, the rich young ruler, he heard this, all right? And he began to get sad in his heart because the Bible says that he had many possessions. The Bible says that he actually got up and walked away sorrowfully. You see, the rich young ruler had it all. He had everything he ever wanted, everything at his disposal. Everything was right there, no matter what it was. You know, he had the sportiest camels, you know, the nicest clothes, you know, all the land, all these different things. He had it. You know, he had he had everything around him. Everybody wanted to be him. You know what? He's probably like the, the popular kid in school that everybody pointed to and wanted to be. Man, if I could get that guy, then everything would be great. You know, he's got it all. You know? That's where he was. It was that guy. You know? And as Jesus told him, listen, I want you to give up who you are. I want you to sell who you are because that's what Jesus was asking him. Jesus didn't care about his money. He didn't care about all that. He said, listen, I want the one thing that you are holding on to. I'm wanting that one thing that you refuse to let go because you think if you let go of that one thing right there that you'll no longer be who you are. And he said he couldn't do it. He got up and he walked away sorrowfully. He had it all. He was distracted. The being he got wanted to be. In Mark 5, verse 21, I'm almost done. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. It says, Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him. And he was by the sea, and behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Right, I'm going to jump on down to verse 35. I says, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the words that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. Right? When he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. Then they ridiculed him. But when he, when he had put them all out, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were in, those who were with him and entered where the child was laying. Then he took the child by the hand and said, Talith Kumi, right? which is translated literally, or little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately, the little girl rose and walked. For she was 12 years of age, 
And they were overcome with great amazement. Alright? So as we read, alright, right here, Jesus gets off the boat, alright, and he was met by a man named Jairus, one of the rulers of the synagogue, and he fell at Jesus' feet, telling him that my daughter is dying. He says, listen, I beg you, come to where she is at. Come to where she is at so that she can live. And lay, lay hands on her. So Jesus began to make his way there. On the way there, listen, the crowd were all around him. All right? The Bible says that they were, they were thronged. You know, that means that there was massive amounts of people. All right? And they were around him. All right? And on the way there, you know, we read about where Jesus heals the woman with the issue of blood. All right? And as Jesus is healing people and doing these things and everything, somebody from Jairus' house comes and says, Listen, your daughter has died. All right? Listen, there's no use to even bothering Jesus anymore. All right? But Jesus told him, he says, Do not be afraid. Only believe. Listen, don't be distracted by what these people are saying. Don't give in and don't listen to what they are saying. Only believe. Then Jesus said, no one else can come with me except Peter, James, and John. All right, sometimes you have to separate yourself from people that only want to distract you from where you are going and what you're supposed to be doing. All right, sometimes people are going to come into your life and all they're going to do is tell you all the negative things. Oh, it's never going to work out. It's never going to happen. You know what? Sometimes we gotta go, listen. No, you're not going any farther with me. Come on. Listen, because I know God has a purpose and a plan, and I'm walking this way, and all you're doing is just trying to distract me from where God is trying to take me. So sometimes we have to separate ourselves from people. Amen? So they got to the house and everyone is weeping and everyone is crying, and Jesus looks at them and says, What's all the commotion about? So she's not dead. She's only sleeping. Alright? And the people of the house, listen, they went from weeping and crying to laughing. They went from weeping and crying to all of a sudden now they're just laughing at the words that Jesus just said. But see, I love this next verse. Listen, you guys can come on up to the music. I love this next one. It says, but when... He had put them out. But when he had put them out. So Jesus came into the house and he said, what's all the commotion about? What is going on? What is the big deal? She's only sleeping. And everyone started laughing. Everyone sat there and looked at Jesus and what he said. And they began to laugh and they began to go, you're crazy. And Jesus said, all right, listen, everybody get out. Jesus kicked them all out. He said, listen, you're not going to be the reason. You're not going to be the distraction that keeps this girl from living. So he said, you know what? What we're going to do, Jairus, is we're going to kick them out. What we're going to do is we're going to shut the door. So Jesus kicks them out and he shuts the door. He shuts the door to distractions. 
He knew what was about to happen. If Jarius kept listening to the distractions, if he kept listening to telling everyone telling him that it was too late to not listen, it's already over. The little girl is already dead. Don't listen. She's not going to live. It's too late, Jarius. She's already dead. There's no point in Jesus even being here. Time to start making funeral plans. Jesus kicks them out. See, there's some of you in this room this morning. You have ran to the feet of Jesus. And you've been crying and you have begging him to help you in your situation. But on the way, distraction after distraction has come along and has told you that it's too late. Telling you that there's no more use. It's over. It's dead. What, what you were dreaming of. The things that you were looking to. All the promises that God gave you. Distraction after distraction has come in and it, and it has pulled you away. It's been ripping you apart. Pulling you one way and the other. To the point that you're saying, why, why do I even bother? It's not going to happen. It's too late. It's never going to come to pass. Go ahead and stand to your feet. I'm telling you this morning, it's time that we shut the door of the stretch. And we open the door to destiny. You know, somewhere or another, we have let our experiences get bigger than our expectations. You hear me? Somewhere or another, we have been letting everything that we have experienced in life become bigger than what we are expecting God to do. We start believing all the distractions. When God told us he was going to move in a certain area, we used to believe it wholeheartedly. But distractions came. We say, man, maybe not. Jesus goes into where the little girl is at. He looks at the one they said was dead. The one that they said it was too late. And he looks at the little girl and he says, Talit's cool. Rise. Rise. Jesus is telling us this morning, Talit's cool. Rise. Rise up from where you're at and stop being distracted. It's not too late. Rise up and stop letting the enemy tell you that it is over. Stop being distracted by everything around you. Rise up. You know, Shauna, she sings this song right here. And, uh, you know, it was probably, I would say about two months that I used to just... Get down 
every morning I get up about 5 o'clock in the morning and uh, I go into the living room where everybody is asleep. And I, I, I get down and I begin to read and I begin to pray. This is my quiet time, you know. You got two little kids and all that stuff, you know. There's, there's always a lot of noise. There's always a lot of distractions. There's always a lot of things that will keep you from having that time with God. So, you know, I try to get up early in the morning. I get up about 5, 5.15. And I go in and I pray and I read. You know, and I find certain songs, you know, and I'll just click on a song here and there. But, you know, the song, it just grabbed a hold of me. You know, and I listen to it for about two months. Every, every morning, the whole time, I just put it on repeat. You know, and finally, I came to Sean. I said, Sean, listen, you have to sing this song. You know, so Sean just started singing it. And I was right here in the front one morning and everything. And the very first word of it says, Behold. And that's all I could get past. The whole rest of the, the time I sung it, the only word that stuck out for me was, Behold. Behold. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, what are you talking about? So then I began to look it up. And you know, I was like, what, is, what does behold mean? So, so I looked it up. It says to gaze upon, to watch, to observe a thing or a person, especially a remarkable or oppressive one. So my mind immediately, at that moment, took me to John the Baptist. And as John the Baptist was baptizing people, the Bible says that Jesus came over the hill. And John saw him, he said, Behold, the Lamb who comes to wash away all of our sins. John was telling them that the search is over. Stop looking, stop being distracted, and behold, the Lamb. He is here, and he has come to do what he said he was going to do. And I'm telling you this morning that no matter what you are going through, no matter what situation you are facing, whatever is keeping you distracted, Jesus is here. He has come to this place this morning, and he's saying, stop looking at the distractions. Rise up and behold the man. What I want to do this morning is this. Listen. Because I know that there is so many of us in here that God has called us to do something so much greater. He's called us to step out but we've been too distracted. You know, whenever God first called me into ministry, and I think I was probably about 20 years old, I said, God, you're absolutely out of your mind. I said, I'm nobody, I'm nothing. I'm just some punk kid that was addicted to drugs. You know, I said, Lord, I can't, can't do this. And I said, the only thing I got is a gift of sarcasm. That's all I got. I'm not good at speaking. I'm not good in front of people. I can't, can't do these things. 
You know what? But instead of looking at what God was calling me to do, I began to look at everything else and find all the reasons why I couldn't do it. And I'd be letting all those distractions and all those things try to come in and try to separate me from where God was trying to take me. You know, and I remember my cousin, he was a youth pastor at our church. And the guy that was scheduled to preach our youth service, he, he backed out, said he couldn't make it. You know, and I just happened to be over at his house. And he says, Brian, what are you doing tonight? I said, I guess I'm going to youth, man. He says, good, you're speaking. I said, whoa, 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 easy. And at this point, I never told anybody that God's called me to preach. But I got up there because I had something on my heart. And I began to speak and I began to pour out. And I remember this little old woman, she came up to me right after the service. She said, I believe God's called you. And you know, stop running. But I did what I normally did. I ran. I said, no, she don't know what she's talking about. It's just coincidence. I still let the scratches come in. And that's exactly what a lot of us are doing in this place. Listen, we're letting distractions come in and tell us that, you know what? The things that God promised and the things that, that are right there and in the ministries and the places that God wants to take us, we're not worthy of. That we'll never have it, that we can't grasp it. That it's dead, that it's over. The dreams that you had, it's dead, it's over. But Jesus is in his place this morning. He's saying, Talith, to me. Rise up. Shut the door on your distractions and open the door to your destiny. So this morning, listen, if you're going through something, if you've been distracted, the enemy has come in trying to tell you that it's over. I ask you to come. Let's pray.